0: back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about Mr. Harrigan's phone, not the actual device, although there is a device that belongs to a Mr. Harrigan. No, we're talking about the movie which concerns the device.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's based on a Stephen King, sh- not short story, a Stephen King, what they call novella, which is amusing to me because usually these Stephen King novellas are like 300 pages long which is the normal length of a novel <laughs> to just about any other rational human being not Stephen King though.
1: All right, I'm going to look over at your Stephen King bookshelf and yes. there is very few that are smaller than about 3 4 inches thick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and and if you look at like say different seasons over there that's that's three novellas. Mm -hmm. It is, each one of them are about 200 pages long. Sure. Skeleton Crew starts with a novella called The Mist that's 250 pages long. That's a novella. Yeah, okay. It's important to note that when he was writing as Richard Bachman, he would write novels that were that length. They're in that Bachman (laughs) book one there. okay.
1: Okay. Anyway,
0: so Mr. Harrigan's phone is from a an, an, a, an anthology called If It Bleeds. It's the leading story. This, now, one, this
1: one. Is this a newer book coming
0: out? It is. It, it just came out, I want to say about three years ago, maybe. Okay. Maybe four. But it is, it is actually the shortest Stephen King novella I've ever read. It's only 85 pages long. Wow. That's an actual novella. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So... I had not heard of this because this was a book that I did not have until just recently. Yeah. Yeah, I did buy the book. I found it at Half Price Books in Roseville. Thank you, Half Price Books in Roseville. I found it, and I bought it, and I read the short story, so I've got all the details about how (laughs) this differs from the short story, and you might be surprised. All
1: right. I have not read this. I haven't had time to, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to, but... I'm coming into this fresh. Like, I I really didn't know anything other than the trailer.
0: Right. You know Jaden Martell?
1: We do know Jaden Martell. He is in another Stephen King double feature movie, I guess. It and It Chapter 2.
0: Technically, this is his third Stephen King movie, right? It
1: is technically his third Stephen King movie.
0: So who else is in this and who else is involved?
1: All right. So this was written and directed by John Lee Hancock.
0: Never heard of this guy. Do we know anything about this guy? I don't. Hmm. Oh, look at that. He directed The Blind Side.
1: I was just going to say, let me look it up here. It looks like The Blind Side, Saving Mr. Banks, The Little Things. Hmm. That was all right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And also in this movie, we have Colin O'Brien. He plays young Craig. Jade Martell plays Craig. So right. he's. The older version, but Mo- he's still in high school. So, <laughs> moderately older, Craig. <laughs> They're still kids. Yeah. Donald Sutherland is in here playing Mr. Harrigan.
0: The inimitable Donald Sutherland. I love Donald Sutherland. He's great.
1: He he is he. Commands a scene, I think. You just are drawn to his characters usually. So. You know,
0: in our 31 Days of Halloween, we have Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and he is in that, the 1978 version. All right. I haven't you seen really, it yet. You should watch it because he does a fantastic job. We will watch job. it. Yes. Hopefully. We will.
1: All right. We've got Kirby Howell Baptiste as Miss Hart. Joe Tippett plays Craig's dad. Not. Named, just Craig's dad. (laughs) And Cyrus Arnold is Kenny Yankovich.
0: Kenny Yankovich. That dick. So.
1: I feel like we all had a Kenny Yankovich in our school, didn't we? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, were you bullied by your school's Kenny Yankovich?
1: Actually, no. I was never bullied that way where it was like physical bullying. Uh, It was all verbal. (laughs) I definitely got bullied, but it was... Not being, like, pushed around or punched or anything like that, so.
0: Kids, don't bully people. And if you're being bullied, t- do a Mr. Harrigan. Take them out with, with, with great haste.
1: Maybe don't kill him.
0: Well, okay. Well, the- <laughs> Not like that. I just meant, you know. Whatever. Never mind. You know what I mean.
1: I know what you mean, but somebody else might not. So let's just very <laughs> clearly say we okay. are not condoning murder
0: here. I'm not advocating that you <laughs> murder your bully. I am advocating that you take swift action like Craig will do before the kid gets murdered. But anyway, so should we just jump in? Should we want to let's jump into do the story? This. Yep. Okay. So Craig reads to Mr. Harrigan. He reads to him, what, two times a a week, three times a week, something like that? Yeah, an hour each time, something like that. Yeah, yep. He started doing this after his mom died. And as the years kind of went on, so this would have been his, his mom died, he was, what, nine? And he's now going on 18. So it's been about nine years that he's been reading to Mr. Harrigan. And he and Mr. Harrigan kind of have, like, this uneasy friendship where... Craig can kind of tell that Harrigan, you know, has some affection for him, but Harrigan is very standoffish and very businesslike. He doesn't, he doesn't show emotion. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't show affection or anything like that. Really, it's just the way it is. So
1: yeah, they definitely warm up. It's you right. could tell Craig is a little scared of him. Yes, at first. Oh, he's because, intimidated because he has the reputation of being a mean old man
0: well they called him the pirate king
1: yeah and so of course the kid's probably a little terrified but you know there's a draw for five bucks was it five bucks a time
0: something like that his dad says he's getting cheated because he should be getting more money at per you know per per session or whatever because the guy's rich you know
1: right the guy's rich he's getting five dollars an hour
0: <laughs> to read to this is day. back
1: in what Two thousand
0: and three was when it started, I think.
1: Yeah, so definitely the guy probably should have been paying him more. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, for a kid starting off that that was probably enticing to him. So as a nine year
0: old. I mean shit, I bagged comics at twelve for no money, just for comics. Yeah. So you know, you take what you get, I guess. Right, right. So Craig starts high school and he starts to covet an iPhone because he has a he has a a crush on a girl. And at this particular high school, now I can't speak for any other high schools because this is 10 years after, no, no more than 10 years, years—is 15 years after I graduated from high school <laughs> that he's in high school.
1: We did not have cell phones. We didn't
0: have cell school. phones. <laughs> and so our clicks weren't based around what cell phone you had. But apparently at this high school, if you have a, a, a Razor flip phone, you're at one table. If you have an iPhone, you're at another table. If you have something else, you're at another table. That's how it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. And these kids all just apparently sit there and play on their phones. So how would they guess. know who's there? They don't even look at each other. Yeah, it's weird. It's this weird thing, and I don't know. This wasn't in the book as much as it is in the movie. They make mention of how they make mention of how that the iPhone and the and the and the dawn of the iPhone was important within the context of the story, but. They don't go into this great team. And This is not something that I expect a seventy-something-year-old writer to know. That you know whether or not kids would you know separate by click of what phone you were, <laughs> what phone you were using at the time. You don't think he did you know? his
1: research? I mean, he seems like he would be the writer that the type of writer that would research this stuff.
0: Well, he didn't put it in his book. It's not in the story. Okay, it, this is something that that John Lee Hancock, who wrote this screen version, that put that in. Adapted there. it. Okay. Yeah. But then again, John well, Lee Hancock is only like five years or six years younger than Stephen King. So, so question
1: then in the book, yeah, is it specifically an iPhone or it is. is it just a cell phone? It is an it iPhone. Is. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably just his way then. I don't know how he got the iPhone in the book, I guess, but it's obviously in the movie just the way to get the iPhones in the hands of the characters that need the iPhones. Well, you know? the kid
0: gets... It's very much very much the way he gets it in the, in the movie is how he gets it in the book. The book has a lot more to say about technology and how it separates us more than it does bring us together. Okay. This movie I think loses that a little bit. Like they want to talk about it but they don't they don't grasp that thread like for very long. I feel like they
1: touch on it just yeah. real briefly. There's that one time where Craig is reading to Mister Harrigan, Mm -hmm. and Mister Harrigan's not paying attention. Where before he got the cell phone, he Mm -hmm. would just sit there and listen. Right, and then you know they would talk a little bit. Yeah, not a lot, but they talk a little bit about what they were reading or whatever. Right, and then once he got the phone, though, it was Mm -hmm. different.
0: Yeah, Harrigan refers to the internet as a broken water main that's spewing information, and. He makes this great prophecy in, in, in both the book and the and in the movie about how it's going to kind of be the end of us. It's going to be the end of, you know, interpersonal communication face-to-face and how it's going to just, you know, be people shouting at the other ends, you know, either end of a, of a you know, a tube. The, they, I don't know if they make this connection in the movie. I can't remember if they do or not, but Craig likens it to, and I don't know why a kid in 2003 would make this connection, but, or 2008 at the time, I don't know why he makes this connection, but he makes the This is how you can tell that Stephen King is 76 years old, right? He talks about like taking a soup can and, putting a, and tying a rope to it and then talking to each other on the can from a distance, right?
1: I don't remember that in the movie, no. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that is in the story. That's in the book. Mm-hmm. And that is how you can tell. This is written from a 76-year-old person's perspective trying to relate to an 18-year-old or 17-year-old. Mm-hmm what 17 year old in 2007 would be like yeah it's just like we used to string rope or string cans together when we were kids nobody was doing that when even when i was a kid we weren't doing no, that no we weren't
1: doing that either yeah. that that's that's interesting that that was in the book yeah. if it was going to be in the i'm i'm not surprised it's not in the movie then because right. i think the person let's see who was it john lee hancock yeah he probably realized eh that probably doesn't really apply here so he probably chose to leave it out
0: well it smacks of an unrelatability to craig or mm-hmm. to, or even a believability of craig as a teenager so the
1: only way they'd be able to introduce it is if it was mr harrigan saying that but i believe Bingo. what mr harrigan said all on its own was a good point you mm-hmm. didn't need to put an example of that in there i don't think it was right needed.
0: Well, we do have a little bit of the whole, you know, rose-tinted glasses thing with his dad, because Craig, da- Craig's dad talks about the party line, mm-hmm. which is another, you know, descendant or ancestor of the of the iPhone. So we we do have that. It's kind of a redundancy in the book for Craig to also talk about, you know, stringing two cans together.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: So. So. Once he, you know, once he gets into school, he craves the iPhone. He really wants it. His dad says no, but he will eventually get one at Christmas. So he's bullied by Kenny, who we've already talked about. He basically wants to. Well, I think what happens is Kenny. They they make mention of. Early on that you're not allowed to initiate any kids anymore. There used to be like hazing rituals. And Kenny is one of those kids that kind of got left back. Of course, they don't mention that in the in the movie, but it's in the book. He got left back a couple of times. So he's bigger and he's older than most of the kids in middle school. And he wants Craig to shine his boots. And Craig says he's not going to do it. Miss Hart steps in. Miss Hart actually has a different name in the book. And I don't even know why. It's not like it matters. Yeah. I can't remember what her name is, but it's longer than Hart. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it, it almost seems like an, an unnecessary alteration. You know what I mean? Like, why make the alteration? Why not just have it still be the same name? You know? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No to idea. Me. But anyway, Miss Hart in the movie steps in, and, you know, and uh, Craig basically defends Kenny says oh no it was his lunch it's not a hazing kit he's not trying to haze me he's trying to you know offer me his other part of his sandwich or whatever
1: because Craig knows if he turns him in it's just gonna get worse later well yeah sure
0: but then of course Craig is like I'm out of here he takes off and Kenny's like you should you should have shined my shoes mm-hmm. and Craig's like I just saved your ass yeah. and Kenny's like I don't care I'm still gonna beat your ass you know
1: god I hate kids like that <laughs>
0: Yeah. So we talked about, so Craig gets an iPhone. His dad gets him one for Christmas that year. But what we also see is that we learn that Craig, that Mr. Harrigan, excuse me, sends Craig a card each of four holidays or three holidays and his birthday Mm -hmm. every year. Now, the fun part about this is they don't mention this in the movie, but in the book, Harrigan literally lives like a quarter of a mile up the road from him. He could literally hand deliver it to the house, but he sends it out of a sense of, you know, I don't know, duty to the post office or something. I don't know exactly why he does it, but that's just the way he is. He's just that ingrained in his ways, you know?
1: I took it kind of as, I I think he's very... Traditional? mm, Not traditional. What is the word where you're not really a people person? Antisocial. Yeah, cause cause Craig will call and talk to him on the phone, and he's really abrupt and like mm-hmm. just basically says, "All right, hey," and then hangs up. You know, I just don't think he likes to socialize a whole lot. Because mm-hmm. even when they're reading and stuff, they don't do a whole lot of socializing. Every oh. once in a while, a little bit, but it's pretty much you read mm-hmm. the story, maybe talk about it a little bit, and then he's
0: out. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So Craig, after he gets. His card at Christmas, he's, he scratches it off and he's won three thousand dollars, three grand. He wins. It's finally the one that he hits is the is three grand, and his dad says, "You're gonna put it in your in your college fund." And Craig says, "Look, I wanna I wanna buy one thing." He's mm-hmm. like, "How often do I buy things for myself?" And the dad's like, "All right, fine." So he lets him buy one thing, and the one thing is an iPhone for Mister Harrigan. Mm-hmm. And he teaches Mr. Harrigan how to use it, which is actually kind of a cute scene because he shows him a stock ticker on the iPhone. And I'm sure you remember on iPhone 1, the very original iPhone, it had like a little stock ticker app on it. And when you clicked on it, it was literally live stocks. It was just like seeing the stock ticker goes, or as it goes. And Harrigan says, now this is a guy who's literally sitting in a mansion. Mm -hmm. He says... It's just like those stock tickers that those billionaires had in their gigantic mansions. And I was like, wait, what? You <laughs> are a sh- What are you talking about? Like, maybe he just doesn't understand how big the, like his house is or something. I don't know.
1: Well, he's probably just thinking back to when he was growing up, and that was probably what he his goal was, was to be one of yeah. those people, you know?
0: Probably right. And from all accounts, he made it. He made it, yeah. Yeah. So... Craig shows him how to use it, and then, like you said, like, when they go back and he starts to read to him again, he notices that that Mr. Harrigan is, like, ignoring him, and he's looking at his phone instead of, you know. Yeah,
1: well, Mr. Harrigan at first was going to refuse the phone. Right. And and this is where we get the speech of Mm -hmm. why. Right. I, I couldn't repeat the speech, but basically, it like you were saying before, right you'll lose that personal connection mm. with people and blah 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 and he's 100 percent right yeah. so but that stock ticker thing That's is what, sells him, on what sells him yeah yeah
0: so he says he's gonna keep it so they go on like that for a little while and then eventually mr Harrigan dies he is an older man but Craig finds him
1: and yeah it's, this it's, was pretty hard
0: it was it was kind of disturbing yeah. But he is, he's a little, he's a little out of sorts because, I mean, this is his friend. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether or not Harrigan was a social person, they were friends. They became friends. Mm-hmm. At the funeral, Craig, well, before then, when he, after he finds Mr. Harrigan, he swipes Mr. Harrigan's phone. Not and on
1: purpose. He was holding it, I think, and was just so distraught that, yeah, and then he, he realizes it's... He put it in his pocket, yeah. and he
0: realized he had it, and he wanted to return it to him. So at yep. the funeral, he sneaks it into his, his, suit pa- his suit pocket. And then Mr. Harrigan's lawyer, I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know what he is, a lawyer or whatever, but... I assumed lawyer. Yeah. He tells him that he was left money. Mr. Harrigan left Craig $800,000 in a trust fund that Harrigan says, you know, it's going to get you through college, it's going to get you through postgraduate, it's going to help you get started in your chosen career. He says, I know you want to be a screenwriter, and if that's what you want to do, then you should absolutely do it, but I don't approve. So (laughs) I thought that was really cute. But then he says, there's a joke, there's a raunchy joke about the screenwriter and a starlet that I'm not going to repeat here, but if you want to look it up, look it up, and then he gives him keywords talk about aol right keyword Uh search starlet and screenwriter did you look it up no you didn't did you yeah so it goes like this one of the oldest inside jokes out there is of the starlet so dumb she slept with the screenwriter in hopes of advancing her career the old joke is about a hollywood starlet that's so dumb that she slept with the writer it kind of speaks to The idea that writers are considered to be like the least powerful collaborator in a movie. You don't sleep with the screenwriter. It's like sleeping with the janitor if you want to get ahead in your office. Okay. So not a particularly funny joke, but you know.
1: I don't know. Sure. (laughs) If you want to call it a joke.
0: Right. Right. So Craig calls Mr. Harrigan's phone because he misses his friend. And because he wants to say thank you and tell him, you know, I appreciate the money, but if you... you I would give it all back if I could have you back instead. And then he goes to bed and he wakes up the next morning and he's got a text message from Harrigan's phone.
1: So just back up just a hair here. Yeah. I believe he texted Harrigan's phone the night before... Or it was before the will was read or whatever, or the letter was read. Oh, right. And he said... That he's going to miss their time together, I think is what he says. And right, at right, right. the end of the will... That's right. Or the letter or whatever it is that... I can't remember what it was. Yeah. It says, I will miss our time together too.
0: Yeah. As if he knew what was going to be said so in So somehow
1: he knew this. And then right. we get this weird text message. So this is... This is weird thing number two for Craig where he's like, wait a minute.
0: Right. And this text message doesn't say anything important. It just says, like, it's just got his initials and, like, the letter A, I think, is the first one. Later on, we're going to get other stuff. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And Craig freaks out and thinks that Mr. Harrigan was buried alive. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Craig says, we got to go. We got to take him. We got to get him out of the ground. His dad has to sit him down and say, look... I know he wasn't buried alive, and here's how I know. He was mm-hmm. autopsied because he he died alone. And any time you, you die alone, you get an autopsy. You get an autopsy, and you get an autopsy. So Craig relents. He says, okay, fine, so he's not, he's not buried alive. But then he starts thinking, wait a minute, what's all this about then? What is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes back up to the house at one point to talk to Mrs. Grogan, who's a, the, the housekeeper, I guess. And she lets him take one of the plants, that's in the in the thing. And I was wondering, wouldn't a book have been more appropriate? That's
1: what I thought too. When she said, "Do you want something?" I'm like, "Oh, which yeah. book is he going to take?" And when he said orchid, I was like, "Orchid, I, what?"
0: Yeah, I, I would I would think that he would have taken a book because that was their thing. That's what that they was. Did. What, yeah, you know, unless he took if, the iPhone,
1: unless if the orchids were. Something so important to Mr. Harrigan that he respected it that way. I don't know. I thought it was going to be a book.
0: Uh, th- I did too. There's no there's no mention in the book about about it being an orchid. There's not even this scene. There's actually a scene where he goes to talk to Mrs. Grogan, but he wants to talk to her about, like, what Mr. Harrigan was like and, mm. you know, that sort of thing more than anything else. So, <laughs> Yeah. So... When he, when he brings the phone to his dad and he's like, you know, this is what, this is what happens. His dad says that the iPhone has like a bug in it or something, which is interesting because did you ever have one of those original iPhones? No. I didn't either. I had an iPhone four, but I remember reading about how they would have these horrible, like iOS crashing bugs. That would like just just that would just shut the phone down. And you have to restart it. People were having to restart their phones all the time. like if you it's even it's in the book too. in the book later on, uboat tells Craig, hey, U-boat's one of his friends in the book he comes in later than he does in the movie. but in the in the book he says, you know, there were these there were these there were these device breaking, you know or whatever, you know, things this is after he's upgraded to iPhone four where, you know, you would open up like, the internet first and then if you went into music after that it would crash your phone so this was a, this was a known thing that there were bugs in the iphone system for a long time before they finally ironed it out not that there aren't any bugs now but there are far less now than there ever were before so yeah so dad says it's a bug and so craig decides he's gonna try and move on with his life he goes to a dance with his crush but kenny who has been expelled from school he gets expelled. Mm -hmm. at one point. I don't even remember how it happened, but he gets expelled. He
1: gets turned in for selling drugs, and they kind of pan over to show that it was probably the bus driver that turned him in. Okay. But Craig was there too, and so Kenny thinks it was Craig that turned him in. Yeah, So he
0: beats the crap out of him, Mm -hmm. leaves him laying in the street. And after he gets home, Craig... He calls Mr. Harrigan's phone because he's frustrated and he's sad, and he tells Mr. Harrigan that he wants Kenny to get what he deserves. Also, I wanted to real quick talk about Mr. Harrigan's outgoing message, which I thought was appropriate for Mr. Harrigan. And it's actually the same in the book as it is in the movie. It says, he says, I'm not answering my phone right now. Leave a message, and I will call you back if I feel it's appropriate.
1: Ooh, I should use that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting that on my work mustache. <laughs> also, I thought that, didn't Craig say he tried to give him what he deserved because he hit him?
0: He did. He, he socked him. That's what I was talking about before, is that you should deal with bullies in that way. Give him a good punch, usually they'll go away. This one does not. But yes, he does. He tries to give him what he deserves. Okay. He says, I tried to be like you, Mr. Harrigan.
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay.
0: And he never actually says, I want Kenny to get what he deserves. He just implies it. He says, I tried to give it to him, but I couldn't.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. So Craig finds out that Kenny died the next morning. He finds this out. Apparently, he fell from his bedroom window trying to sneak out. When we get to see, because, you know, this is a visual medium, we get to see what's going on. Kenny is lying in the same pattern that he left Craig lying in when he beat the crap out of him.
1: Oh, he was? He was.
0: He was lying in the exact same pattern. His arms were in the same spot. His legs were in the same spot. I didn't exact notice that. Pattern. Yep. Huh. Which is the, which is the, it's supposed to be the visual link for you that it was Harrigan that did it. Right. The book leaves it a little bit more to your imagination. Did Harrigan do it, or is this all coincidence? This is definitely, this one gives you a definitive answer. This movie gives you a definitive answer. Harrigan did this. Okay. What?
1: I still feel like you can still make the argument that this is all coincidence,
0: Really? Even though he falls in exactly the same pattern as Craig? I feel
1: like it's Mr. Harrigan. Okay. I feel like it is. I do too. But I feel like this is still... There's enough stuff here to not leave it concrete, but to leave it that these are some hell of a coincidences. And it still could be Mm -hmm. these things just happened.
0: Okay. In the book... There are rumors going all around the school nobody ever knows exactly how Kenny died until Craig finds out later he puts on he's, he he pretends to be a journalist like he does in the movie with some with another person that dies he pretends to be a journalist and he gets it out of somebody I don't remember exactly who it was that that Kenny died auto asphyxiation in himself <laughs> Kenny died strapping his neck into a belt and trying to jerk off but he died but then they also make mention that when kenny was found he had a streak of white hair Mm. yeah all right yeah here's the the part that i don't get if the movie really wants to be ambiguous why is it leaving visual clues that it was him in the in the book there's no direct link yeah like you could say you know okay well what what leaves a white streak like that Mm -hmm. You know, and Craig does a little investigation and says, oh, a a great scare could leave a a white Mm -hmm. streak like that. Yeah. Well, couldn't the great scare just have been him like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Right. You know, I mean, that could be it.
1: That's interesting because that's a good point. They I mean, they're I feel like this is Mr. Harrigan because it is laid out so thick that it is. Yeah. But I feel like they were trying to go for.
0: They wanted their cake and eat it, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I haven't seen any inter- interviews that that's what it was. So maybe I'm wrong in the thinking that that's what they were going for yeah. and that they were just trying to just lay it out for us. So like we're a bunch of dummies and can't figure it out. But.
0: <laughs> well, I think, well, I think there's something that speaks to something there that they don't maybe necessarily trust their audience. I think though that this, to me, this kind of smacks of like, okay, well, we want it to be ambiguous, but we also want people to think the way we think about this story which i mean it's effective it it works that part of it the ambi- ambiguity doesn't work not in my book craig gets spooked and he goes to the apple store and he upgrades his phone and gets rid of his old phone he just he just like turns it off sticks it in the cigar box and throws it up in the in mm-hmm. the attic now that cigar box they they focus on the name of the cigar box so much that i thought oh this has got to be a stephen king thing stephen king likes to specifically name things mm-hmm. in his stories. Hellman's Mayonnaise. And you won't call it just Hellman's Mayonnaise. He'll say Hellman's Real Mayonnaise, you know? <laughs> that okay. kind of stuff. So I thought that that would be in the story. It's not in the story at all. Ah. Oh, I don't know right. if that was just a like a visual like nod to the way Stephen King likes to label things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was. And if that's the case, that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. I like that.
1: Also at the Apple store, the Apple genius guy, whatever the hell they're called, th- he basically confirms that these phones have been known to have problems. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that it could be like, they call it like a ghosting thing. ghost
0: in the machine is what he calls it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is that ghost in the machine is actually, it's actually supposed to have, connotations of of the mind existing alongside but separate to the body that was originally it more recently they talk it talks more to like the idea that the intellectual part of the human mind is in, influenced by the emotions um that sort of thing but like within like in fiction fictionally like when, when you're talking about like fiction stuff they use it as a literal something's in like a computer something's in like a device or whatever right mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting this is one of those uh, things that was used as for, from a philosophical standpoint of your mind being distinct from your body and now they're saying that it's literally like something existing within a machine like they've taken the 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 broader concept and they've just been like this we're gonna use the exact words and exactly what they mean guys okay we're not gonna have any nuance here this is exactly it. So I just thought that was kind of intriguing. So, yeah. Anyway, Craig ends up graduating from high school, goes off to Boston where he's studying journalism at Emerson. And about halfway through his, his, his career, he gets a call from his dad and he says, Hey, Mrs. Hart was killed in a car accident. There was a drunk driver. She was killed. Her fiance was hospitalized. The driver, his name is Dean Whitmore, which I thought there's got to be something with that name because Stephen King, there's always something with a name, right? There's not. Not really. (laughs) Not really. Sadly, not really. I thought the closest I could get was Percy Whitmore, who is the antagonist in the Green Mile, one of the uh, guys, that the guy that liked to execute people in the Green Mile. Mm. So I couldn't make the connection. Maybe other people can make the connection for me. If you know the connection, drop it on our Twitter. Drop it in our Facebook. Email us about it. Whatever you want to do, let us know. Because I'm interested. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Is there a connection? Is Dean Whitmore re- related to some other Stephen King book? Mm-hmm. Somehow, somewhere, some way. Who knows? So he, Dean Whitmore, he's not even charged for the accident. He gets off and he ends up being sent to rehab. He says, you know, they're going to commute your sentence if you'll agree to go to rehab this is a serial like drunk driver yeah isn't this like his
1: times. third time yeah being involved in a drunk driving accident or something like that yeah exactly. you would think at this point they would have some kind of jail time instead of just rehab
0: i don't know <laughs> one would think but no.
1: especially since there was a murder i mean it's basically a it manslaughter Vehicular yeah murder, yeah. Vehicular
0: yeah manslaughter whatever same same if you ask me. Right, what right. I? I feel like this would have been a good place for a connection to the themes of like Shawshank Redemption, where they talk about like rehabilitation, something along those lines. I mean, would Dean Whitmore have been better served in prison to be rehabilitated? Would could he have been rehabilitated in prison? Mm-hmm. Rehab obviously isn't doing anything for him. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, by the way, in the book, there is a reference to Shawshank Redemption. They actually talk to, they actually mention that Mister Harrigan's house, his mansion, sits up on a hill, and people look at it as they're walking by, as if it, were, as if they were like looking at Shawshank, prison uh, or something like okay. that, with a cautious eye. So, speaking of the Shawshank Redemption. But anyway, Craig, he's he's pissed. He goes home specifically to get his old phone, the one that mm-hmm. has the quote unquote ghost in the machine. To call Mr. Harrigan, and the phone still works. This is another hint as to whether or not this is, you know, real or, you know, Memorex or whatever. In the story, Craig is thinking the whole time that he's digging this phone out, he's thinking to himself there's no way it's going to work. The battery's obviously going to be dead. It's probably going to start getting like wet from like the, you know, the coffin starting to, you know, crack around it or whatever and mm-hmm. water seeping in or whatever. There's no way it works. But it does work and he get his his outgoing message and after Mr. Harrigan tells him he'll call him back if it's appropriate, Craig tells him the story about Miss Hart and her murderer. Mm-hmm. So he tells him he wants him dead. This is very specific for Craig. Mm-hmm. This is not this, this is, is not like Kenny.
1: Yeah, it's not like Kenny. Not this is very straightforward.
0: I think what we're meant to understand here is Craig knows what will happen. And he doesn't decide to mince words. Mm-hmm. He's very close to Mr. Harrigan in this way, in this moment. Mr. Harrigan wouldn't say, I want him taken care of. I want you to give him what he deserves. Mr. Harrigan would say, I want him dead. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says. So this is the moment where Craig becomes a little bit more Harrigan-y. Harrigan-y? Harrigan-ish? <laughs> There's a vague essence of Harrigosity to him. <laughs> Harriganosity? I don't know. Anyway. You know what we didn't talk about? What we haven't talked about mm. is the ringtone. We oh, haven't yeah. talked about the ringtone because when Craig is showing him earlier, he tells him about. He tells him that you can change your ringtone, and he and Mr. Harrigan's like, well, you know, the song I really like is "Stand by Your Man" by Tammy Wynette, and that's what his ringtone was. So, like, when it would say, when it would ring, both on Craig's phone and on Mr. Harrigan's phone, it would ring with "Stand by Your Man." They actually, it's in the book. And what it's, what's great is the way that they describe it. Craig, when he starts dialing, he says, Somewhere in the Elm Cemetery, Tammy Wynette is singing Stand By Your Man, Six Feet Below the Ground. I thought that was really interesting. So, But anyway, he calls Mr. Harrigan, Mr. Harrigan. You know, does his thing. And the guy ends up dead. Craig, This is where Craig in the movie goes and talks to one of the workers there pays him a little bit of money and mm-hmm. gives him a little bit of scratch. And the guy comes over with a story and he tells him exactly what happened to this guy. Just yeah. Dean Whitmore bastard. Yeah. Now, the Turn- big
1: difference, I think, between Craig and Mr. Harrigan here, though, is as soon as Craig does this, he immediately re- regrets it.
0: Yeah, he does. He does. Right after he hangs up the phone, he regrets yeah. it. Yeah. I'd say you're, you're absolutely right there. But... Once he gets the information about the suicide, he finds out he gets confirmation basically that it was Mister Harrigan.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, he the guy tells him that Dean Whitmore got into the shower, swallowed a bunch of shampoo to, as they say, grease the tubes, and then shoved a piece of a broken bar of soap down his throat. The soap is the same soap that's used by Miss Hart. Mm-hmm. We find this out because, you know, she actually helps after Kenny beats him mm-hmm. up yeah. after the dance. In the story, the soap isn't the same soap. It's the shampoo, which actually is hand, hand, hand lotion is mm-hmm. what they use. It's the hand lotion that he uses to grease the tubes that they, that they okay. made the connection with. But the real damning thing is the suicide note. Because Dean Whitmore left a suicide note. The suicide note reads, keep giving all the love you can. Which anybody listening that knows the song Stand By Your Man, that's one of the last lines in the song. Why would this guy write the suicide note if it wasn't Mr. Harrigan? This is another one of those things, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I said that the story was ambiguous. That's in the story too. Okay. Yeah. So the
1: story is pushing you towards this is Mr. Harrigan. At the end. Yes.
0: At the end it is. At the end it says, okay, now this is that one little little, little last piece of information that you need Mm -hmm. to make your decision. The movie, they give you all these other little visual clues. Right, Right. So he goes into a secret closet that was there in Mr. Harrigan's house and he basically is a shrine to his dead mother. Then he shows up at Mr. Harrigan's grave and he apologizes for what he has done. Basically, like the last text message that he got from Harrigan said ccc.ss, which Craig eventually comes to think is, Craig, stop. Because I think this is keeping Harrigan here. Mm Mm-hmm this is that's the idea that i'm getting from this anyway is that he just wants to be able to rest he's doing this out of a, maybe an obligation to craig but he wants to be able to rest he wants to be able to mm-hmm. just rest in peace basically so craig goes to his mom's grave finally he'd not gone to his mother's grave, grave after she died and he breaks down in tears he takes the phone mr harrigan's phone the, his original iPhone, not Mr. Harrigan's phone, but the, his original iPhone. And he throws it into the water at the quarry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he's going to throw his iPhone 4 in there, in the story. Mm-hmm. But he changes his mind.
1: So it looked like he was going to do that. It, well, actually, how it looked on the movie to me the first time I watched it was it looked like he threw the phone and then looked down and I thought he accidentally threw the wrong phone. <laughs> And then decided to keep Mr. Harrigan's phone. That's how I took it the first time. All right. And then on the second one, I'm like, no, no, no. I think he threw Mr. Harrigan's phone. Right. And kept the newer
0: one. kept his newer one, yeah. But at first
1: I was like, wait, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In the story, it's more of a Craig is going to throw the newer phone into the drink as well. But Mm -hmm. he changes his mind because he still wants to have that connection to... The internet. Even though he believes Mr. Harrigan is right that this mm-hmm. is going to kind of be the end of us, he still wants that connection to it. He can't give it up. He's addicted to it, just like he suspects many of other other us of us are addicted to our technologies as well. Which he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong at all. Mm-hmm. And he kind of the movie ends with him walking away, making a mention about how he wants to be buried with empty pockets, and that's the end of it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So here's my problem with this movie is everything is half measures for this movie. They want you to believe that it could be coincidence or it could be Mr. Harrigan, but they're going to push you so far towards the Mr. Harrigan that you have no choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to pull the little string about uh, a, a social commentary over technology ruling humanity but they're not willing to unravel it. They're not willing to go down that path, which is something that the story does a little bit further. It doesn't do quite as much because, you know as much it doesn't do as much as i'm I'm making it out to seem, but it does it more than the movie does. i, I-, I- It just feels like everything was a half measure with this movie. Sure, you know. So yeah, do you have any uh, any tidbits, any? I only like have
1: or? one thing. I I watched some different interviews and looked for some trivia stuff. But again, this is a newer movie out. Sure. All the interviews so far are going to be like the candy coating on top type stuff where they're just trying to get you to go watch it but not really give anything away. Yeah. So you don't really get a whole lot out of those. The one thing I want to bring up is this is a Ryan Murphy production. So it's Blumhouse production and Ryan Murphy production. Ryan Murphy was involved, okay. Mm-hmm. So the Red Devil tickets, lottery tickets, are
0: directly from the book.
1: Are a nod it's it's from the book.
0: It's directly from the book. Is it really? It is indeed.
1: Then I'm gonna say that this little thing I
0: found is bullshit. What's the find? What did you find?
1: I found that they were trying to say that it was a nod to his TV show Scream Queens because there's a red devil in there. I mean,
0: it's impossible. It's possible that he left that in there for that, but they he mentions that if they mention it in the in the. But short I was. Gonna
1: say, but I'm gonna say yeah. If it's in the book, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say it's from the book, not because of that.
0: They call them red devil scratch off tickets.
1: There you go. I'm gonna yeah. say bullshit on that little trivia tidbit I found <laughs> and let's not even talk about it.
0: <laughs> Scream Queens was good, though. Was I enjoyed that, that I one. Yeah. We watched... Was there two seasons or one? Uh, what there did was we watch?
1: two seasons, I think. It's definitely one of those cheesy slasher things, yeah. but it was great. I yeah. mean, it... There wasn't like a lot of high stakes or anything. No. It was just a good little slasher thing. There to
0: watch, were there were no so. there's no underlying themes. It was no. basically just stabby stabby if die die. If you just die.
1: want to like zone out and watch you know a little bit of slasher film, that's what it it's is. Like Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, man. yeah.
0: You know, Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween. There's no underlying themes. It's just stab 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 die die die. That's what it's all <laughs> about. That's what the slasher movies is all about. That's what they're here for. That is. So. All right. Well, that's it then. You don't have anything else? Any I other got notes? Yeah, no other notes. Nothing else that you want to talk mm-hmm. about? Okay. Well, let's do our thing then. Jennifer, keep rent or erase? Why?
1: Well, this is not a keep. Okay. It's not that good of a movie. Yeah. But is it so bad you have to erase it, or is it tolerable to rent it? I'm leaning towards renting. I don't think it's a horrible movie. Right. I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing at some point I'll probably watch it again, I sure. would think. Yeah. But it definitely has some flaws. I feel like your point of they're trying to make this seem like a mystery, but it's it's really all laid right out there. Yeah. I feel like they could have done some more to maybe make it a little bit more mysterious.
0: It's um, frustrating that they didn't, isn't it?
1: The trailers make it seem like this is going to be a little bit of a scary horror show. It's yeah. not yeah. at all. Yeah. So maybe that's the part of it too, is I was expecting it to be a little creepier and it mm-hmm. really wasn't. But I don't think it's worth erasing though. That's yeah. I don't think it was that bad. So yeah. I'm gonna keep it in the rent. Okay. How about you?
0: You know, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking to myself that this is one of those one of those flicks that I'm gonna find myself watching on a Sunday afternoon sometime, just mm-hmm. because it's there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And not because it's good. But because it's there and it's decent enough.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It's definitely not a keeper for me. It's got to be a rent. Mm -hmm. It's not bad enough, like you said, for an erase. There are way worse films in Mm -hmm. Stephen King's, you know, list of movies. Yeah. This is not one of them. This This is middle of the pack, lower middle of the pack. Right, yeah. This is probably somewhere along the lines of, I don't know. 1922. Okay. That one that we watched uh, that was on Netflix a while ago, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not great. It's not terrible. It's mm-hmm. just middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the, the shame of Stephen King movies lately, with the very few exceptions, right? Like, you've got It and you've got Dr. Sleep that were standouts. Everything else has just been varying versions of,
1: eh, okay. Right.
0: You know? Yeah. We need our Christine's. We need our Cujo's. We need our fire starters. Not that last one, but we need our fire starters. <laughs> we need we need a Children of the Corn. We need something like that. Dig deep into his cocaine fueled nineteen eighties and give us some <laughs> of his stories because there's some good shit out there. Look in well, Skeleton Crew.
1: Some of the best stuff has not even been some of his horror stuff like Green Mile and uh, Shawshank Redemption. I wouldn't consider right? that horror stuff, but no. th- those were great movies. Stand by me. Yeah, Stand by me. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So
1: apt pupil I would they, probably so you don't put have to there. go Stephen King oh we have to make it scary I mean you can right, just right. tell some of his like regular type stories too I guess
0: yeah yeah. I I think overall I was disappointed, but I guess going into a Stephen King movie in this day and age, I I should just expect disappointment. It should
1: be your like starting level. All of my all <laughs> of my
0: my expectations should be tempered when it comes to a Stephen King film.
1: You're gonna have a hard time though because you are a big Stephen King fan. I yeah. I am. You are a collector of his books. Mm-hmm. You have read most of his books. Yeah. You're a big fan. Yeah. And so I think you go in with that expectation each time to a movie because you are a fan of his
0: well because i know how good some of his good stuff can be yeah you know now that being said about the movie i would say the book's a keeper okay the story is a keeper it's not it's not one of his best but it is one of those one of those books that like going back and rereading it there are some interesting themes laid out there he actually does something with this idea that technology could be the end of us mm-hmm and he keeps it ambiguous until the very end
1: better than that movie cell wasn't cell his oh, too God, yeah. that movie was terrible yeah
0: yeah that movie's bad don't the ever book.
1: watch that movie people <laughs> like yeah. if you're thinking hmm maybe i'll watch that sometime and, it's a waste of time
0: and like john cusack and Sh- and samuel l jackson what how is this bad <laughs> I know. stephen king john cusack samuel l jackson how is that movie bad <laughs> but here it is it's terrible <laughs> it's bad the story, the book isn't horrible. It's not great by any any stretch of the <laughs> imagination, as I like to say, but it is not horrible. Mm. It's not Tommyknockers. Anyway. Yeah. Cell, <laughs> I forgot about that. I blocked that out. Thank you for bringing that back up. You're
1: welcome. Yeah. Such you made lovely... me watch that crap, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all on you. <laughs> Such a lovely wife, you are. What are we doing next, lovely wife?
1: All right, I'm excited for this one. Why? Next what are we doing week next? is
0: Halloween Ends. It's not going to end, it never ends. It'll never end.
1: They'll come back, Halloween but doesn't end. the movie, I believe, is titled
0: Oh, right. Hall- yeah, this might Halloween
1: be ends. it for Jamie Lee Curtis, though. Maybe this might be her last one. It is. I saw and an so, article
0: that said that she's bidding farewell to it, that it's taken care of her for you know 40-something years now, and yeah. she's done now. So. Yep. Yeah. So she's 63.
1: Halloween ends. This is definitely the end of the movies for mm. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. so it'll be her farewell to this series. Right, so. right.
0: Wherever it ends up going from here, Jamie Lee will no longer be with us. Mm-hmm. My scream queen, my favorite final girl, <laughs> of all time, Jamie Lee Curtis is no longer going to be in the Halloween series, which is fine.
1: It's fine. I
0: mean, yeah. in the 80s, she wasn't in it past uh, Halloween 2. Yep. And then they brought her back for Halloween 20 years later, H2O, which I thought was a stupid-ass title. Then they went on without her. And then they came back to her because they realized, hey, you know what, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's kind of a badass.
1: She's awesome. I love her. She is. She's awesome. She is awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm very excited about this because I love the Halloween movies. As much as I love Stephen King, I love the Halloween movies. Yep. Those movies are are horror movie royalty to me. Halloween, that franchise. And there John is, Carpenter.
1: I was going to say, there is nothing like the Halloween theme music yes. that just, it is time for Halloween. That's right. You start hearing that music. That's right. Oh, I here I we exactly go, people. What you're talking about, right?
0: <laughs> Eight more days till Halloween. Halloween oh, God, no, Halloween. no way. Oh, not that one? Stop it. Not that one? Stop it. No. No. Oh, you mean the piano thing? The the synthesizer? I thought you meant the... (laughs) Okay. Well, next week, here on the couch, Jamie Lee Curtis, one last time. Halloween ends. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Bye. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.